Sounds good. Here we go. You're listening to Sounds Good, the podcast that makes your sounds sound good. Welcome to episode 25 of Sounds Good. It's been a while since we released an episode of this podcast, so a lot has happened since. For one thing, we now have Pro Tools 8, which is a huge improvement over the previous version 7.4. We won't go into much detail here because we don't want you to zone out in case you don't have or plan to work with Pro Tools. From the start, it has been our intention to make this podcast as generic as possible, although we understand we lean heavily towards the Mac OS X digital side of things. So let me tell you what's keeping me busy. Of course there's work. I mix audio for Dutch national television. My main home project right now is writing and recording an entire album with a female singer. We hope to be able to distribute the album through TuneCore later this year. Right now we are in the writing and arranging phase, which I can tell you is a lot of fun. I thought it would be an interesting idea to share some insights with you about my own endeavors. So in this episode of Sounds Good we will talk a bit about writing and arranging and overcoming writer's block. We will also listen to some great breakbeat samples from Loopmasters and Prime Loops. But for starters let's create a very solid foundation for our mixes. You can do this in hardware or software. What we need is A. A compressor and B. The ability to send to a stereo bus. On an analog mixer the aux send and returns will do just fine. In software this is typically called a bus send. We'll see how to do this in Logic Studio and Ableton Live. Most DAWs have the concept of buses, so you should be able to follow along. But there are exceptions of course, a program like GarageBand does not support bus sends. Let us first step back and explain what's the concept here. In a typical mixing situation we use compressors on most individual tracks and then mix all these tracks to a master track. In most cases we will put something like a Waves L2 Ultra Maximizer or Logic's Adaptive Limiter on the master bus to compress the entire mix. There's two problems with this approach. Although it may work perfectly in lots of situations, sometimes we wonder why there isn't a wet-dry control on the master limiter. The second problem is the fact that we are compressing the entire mix, so the effect may be a bit too obvious. But turning down the amount of compression or limiting leaves us with a mix that sounds less commercial or too dull maybe. So to fix all this we're going to create a bus with a compressor on it that really smashes the dynamics and then send a bit of signal to this bus from individual tracks. We'll see how this quickly creates a very nice foundation for our end mix with more user control and lots of opportunities for creative effects. Let's start with Logic Studio. We have three tracks, drums, bass and a guitar. Here's how the tracks sound in isolation. And here's how the mix sounds without any compression.
There's a bit of EQ on the guitar and we've also added some chorus, but still the mix sounds a bit amateurish. We create a bus send to bus 1 in the drum track. To bus 1 we add a compressor with a pretty aggressive setting like 30 to 1 ratio and a minus 45 dB threshold. Now we send a little bit of signal from the drum track to this bus. We can easily hear when we are sending too much. Now we let the bass and guitar tracks also send a bit of signal to the same bus track. Here's how it sounds with all the tracks sending to bus 1. And here's without. We can improve on this by adding an EQ to the bus track and removing some low end. Or maybe even put a direction mixer on the bus for a wider stereo field. You can easily hear how the mix quickly improves. It's also very easy to compare different compressor settings and keep the one that sounds the best. If you like this technique, also try sending to a distortion to add some dirt to your mix. This can hugely improve a mix that sounds a bit too sterile or digital. In Ableton Live we can do the same with a return track. Here we again have three tracks that all send to return track A. In return track A we have inserted the dynamic tube effect, which is a bit like a distortion or a wave shaper, followed by the live compressor with a fairly aggressive opto setting. We'll listen to the same mix without and then with the bus sense. By mixing both the compressed version and the original clean signals, we keep lots of the original dynamics. If you're looking for a better way to present or collaborate during your conference calls, your solution is simple. Web conferencing with GoToMeeting. During your call, everyone logs on to GoToMeeting.com and your computer screen shows up on their computer screens. GoToMeeting is perfect for sales or product demos, training or real-time collaboration. Plus, you're not charged per minute like other providers. You can meet as often as you want for as long as you need. With GoToMeeting, you can meet with anyone, anywhere, without ever leaving your office. You'll not only save time, but money too. See for yourself. Try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. Just visit GoToMeeting.com forward slash podcast. That's GoToMeeting.com forward slash podcast. Try GoToMeeting today. A lot of you enjoyed our EQ tips from episode 22. Christopher Beeson even wrote a nice article about it on his blog, so thanks for that Christopher. Let's look at some other ways to use equalizers. A famous EQ application is making a telephone voice. In movie or video sound design it's sometimes necessary to change someone's voice to give the impression it was recorded through a telephone. 
but this can also be an interesting thing to try on vocals in music production. A band limited voice can really add something to a tune, for instance to imply the record was recorded in the 1950s, or to give the impression that the vocalist is in a confined space. As we'll see shortly, EQ is not the only thing we need. Let's start with the clean signal. Okay, don't stop what you're doing. Let's keep it moving, yep. A regular landline or cell phone sounds like there's some analog compression going on as well. So we need to compress the signal too. Of course the signal is severely band limited, where there seems to be a boost around 1.5 kHz to make the signal easier to understand. The bandpass EQ starts at around 700 Hz and ends at around 2.5 kHz. We can use a high pass filter and a low pass filter with very steep slopes to create a single pass band. You can see in the image in the enhanced podcast how such an equalizer might look in Pro Tools 8, but you can replicate this with just about every equalizer you can find. Here's how it sounds with the compressor and the EQ in place. Okay, don't stop what you're doing. Let's keep it moving, yep. Next we add a distortion effect because there always seems to be a bit of distortion happening on the phone signal. Don't overdo it, just a little bit of distortion. In this case I'm using the air distortion from Pro Tools 8 with the soft mode and a 4dB drive. Here's how it sounds now. Okay, don't stop what you're doing. Let's keep it moving, yep. With an extra added low-fi filter we can get an even more realistic telephone simulation. We reduce the sample rate, in this case to about 14k and set the sample size to 10 bits. It then sounds like this. Okay, don't stop what you're doing. Let's keep it moving, yep. By further reducing the sample rate, we can make it sound like a bad internet connection. Okay, don't stop what you're doing. Let's keep it moving, yep. With heavy distortion, the band best vocal sounds like something from Nine Inch Nails. Okay, don't stop what you're doing. Let's keep it moving, yep. A great way to familiarize yourself with equalizers is going through different presets. Look for instance at the following presets from Logic Studio. Add brightness. Male lead vocal. Grand piano EQ1. And if a grand piano setting sounds great on your snare drum, by all means use it. In my endeavors to produce an indie album together with a singer, I'm now in the writing and arranging phase. Of course we can't really arrange a song that hasn't been written yet, but the way of working that I find really comfortable is to try out many ideas and toss out the ones that aren't that great. That way switching back and forth between writing and arranging. I must admit that it's always been a struggle for me to come up with a great tune and work it out all through the end. It's not uncommon for me to just endlessly try out presets on a bit of looping music that's nowhere near a completed song. I also get bored quite easily and that makes it difficult to finish a song. As some of you may recognize some of this, I thought it would be interesting to share a few things I've learned over the years. We look a bit at psychological factors, music theory and writing lyrics. Let's start with the roadblocks that stand between us and a finished song. One of the major problems to me is that I know what a great song sounds like but seem unable to create such a thing myself. It feels as if there's a ceiling to what I can create. This is common to beginning artists. There's a wide gap between the art we create and art we see and hear around us. 
Investing lots of money in hardware and software is typically a false road. If we can't produce a decent tune in GarageBand, it's certainly not gonna be any better in Pro Tools or Cubase or what you may have. It's also silly to assume that using the right sounds or a perfect sound quality will somehow render a great song. And yet this is a mistake I've been making for decades. It's good to realize that sound quality and use of instruments take a backseat to a great song. Every now and then there's a 15 year old girl with a guitar who records a great tune in Cubase Lite that puts all of us to shame. So what makes someone like that special? Talent, I hear you say. Hmm, I'm not so sure about talent. I recently picked up an electronic book from a guy called Jeffrey Williams. It's called The Songwriting Genius Within You. Let me first say that I am in no way affiliated with Mr. Williams. That said, his approach is excellent. It boils down to a simple phrase. You get more of what you reinforce. One of the suggested exercises by Mr. Williams is to record half-hour sessions of whatever you can improvise on your instrument of choice. To me it sounded really tedious at first and I hated listening back to my own trials and errors. But a few days into this exercise it seems there's something growing. It sure helps me getting more focused. With today's computer technology it's easy to record everything you do. If you want to read the entire book, which comes at a small price, there's a link in the show notes. The next thing is music theory. I used to play classical instruments when I was younger, so I got a bit of formal training and never lost the ability to read notes. But even if you don't want to ever read notes, it's much better to know a bit of music theory. Understanding chords, chord progressions, rhythm and musical phrases makes us such better musicians. There's one book which I can't recommend enough. It's called How Music Really Works by Wayne Chase. You can buy it as an electronic book or a paperback. Before we continue with the topic of writing lyrics, let's quickly look at how you can see which chords you are playing in both GarageBand and Logic Studio. This is a great tool to use if you're learning about chords. In GarageBand we see a display in the middle of the screen. It probably shows measures when we just started GarageBand. If we click on the arrows above and underneath the note symbol, we cycle through different display modes. Just stop when it says chord. We can now play a chord on our MIDI keyboard and GarageBand will tell us which one it is. Ah, G7. Logic Studio tells us right away which chord we're playing in the transport bar. That's F major 7. But what if we've already recorded something in which to find out which chord we've actually played? Playing back the region does not show us anything in the transport bar. What we can do is open the matrix editor and select notes of the chord we're interested in. Just draw a rubber band around them and the info display top right in the matrix editor will show us which chord we've selected. A flat, thank you Logic Studio. So how about writing lyrics? I've never much bothered for writing lyrics, but working together with a singer, I thought it would be a good time to start anyway. If you haven't noticed already, my native language is Dutch. So that explains the funny accent. Nevertheless, we decided to only record songs in the English language. But even if we're writing songs in our first language, it's difficult to escape from our comfort zone. 
sooner than later we find ourselves using the same limited set of words. Forcing yourself out of your comfort zone is really the key to writing good songs. In his book How Music Really Works, Wayne Chase suggests an approach to writing good emotional lyrics. It does take a lot of time, but it's a really cool way to come up with interesting lyrics that are high in emotional value. It also steps away from the issue of writer's block. No matter how blocked you may be, Chase's approach is plain work, so you will come up with something interesting no matter what. In one sentence, it involves getting a copy of Roger's thesaurus and hunting for lots of words first. All in all, I can say that the two books I've mentioned have already helped me progress more in the previous two years than the 40 years before that. In our regular Loopmaster segment, we'll look at two breakbeat-oriented sample packages. Loopmaster sells sample packs from a large number of vendors. One of these vendors is Prime Loops. Prime Loops is an independent music team based in the UK. Talented musicians, experienced sound technicians, DJs and studio engineers have come together to create a new dimension in pro audio development, resulting in crystal clear audio fusion covering the entire spectrum. They take a great deal of care making sure each sample is of the utmost quality. All their sounds are royalty free so you can use them in your songs at no extra cost. The package I have the pleasure to review is called Breakbeat Electronica. It's a collection of over 70 excellent breakbeat loops. All loops are acidized loops, so you can easily use them at any tempo in your DAW. What I like about these loops is that they sound very 21st century. There's tons of low end and glitchy percussion. Some of the loops also contain a few stabs or hits. I immediately felt I could edit these loops to bits, as you can hear in the background. At not even £10 UK, this is a great investment. You can buy Breakbeat Electronica from Prime Loops at www.loopmasters.com. Another new release on Loopmasters is Nick Thayer, Breaks Producer. The Breaks Producer collection includes over 350 samples with more than 40 bass grooves, 75 breakbeat drum loops, 45 atmospheric and groove-based musical loops, 20 processed vocal loops and samples, great sound effects and more than 100 single drum sounds suitable for programming your own heavyweight drum patterns and breaks. Also included in this pack are 15 multi-sampled instruments ready to load and play in your favorite soft sampler.
Hi, this is P.W. Fenton. I've been doing digital flotsam for more than three years now, and as unbelievable as it might seem, I have never made an official promo, so this is my very first. What is digital flotsam about? Oh, I don't know, about 25 minutes or so. Check it out at digitalflotsam.org. I personally guarantee it is the finest podcast you will ever hear called Digital Flotsam. And to finish this episode, here's a few other places where you can get great audio and music production tutorials. First of all, Soundscoot is a proud member of the HomeRecordingNetwork.com. On the site of the Home Recording Network you will find many other great podcasts you can freely subscribe to. If you are into gear reviews, I highly recommend the Sound on Sound podcast. It's the companion podcast from the famous magazine. Another fine and very optimistic podcast for indie producers is the CD Baby DIY podcast. Zoom In has video tutorials for Logic Studio and Mainstage. They focus on details such as the EXS24 sampler and Ultrabeat. Of course there's also the Apple site which has good Logic Studio video tutorials. The latest version of GarageBand version 09 has built-in tutorials from stars like Nora Jones. And let's not forget YouTube which has tons of user-generated content about everything you can think of. Ableton Live, Vintage Hardware, Pro Tools, it's all there. And last but certainly not least, our friend Derek K. Miller from the Inside Home Recording Podcast has created the Quick Start to GarageBand video training series for MacVideoTraining.com. Check out the free samples from the course on their site. You can find links to all the mentioned sites in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, please write a review about this podcast in the iTunes store. It's highly appreciated. Sounds good.